This is the voice, Michael Shirello. You're listening to the MM Maniacs podcast. You're listening to the MM Maniacs with Nick David and Matt Kona. Better spot for this. Uh, Put it right there. I think it's going to fall out there. (laughs) Maybe. We'll see. That should get... uh, I got it. I'm on it. I'm on it like a haunted. (laughs) You know what was really funny, though? What you didn't notice is that when we pulled up, the arrow was green still, and then you slowed down until it got yellow, and then it stopped, and then you waited, a f- like, five beats after it turned red, and it just went in front of it. Oh, was there, right there? Yeah, there was yeah. a light? I didn't even know there was a light. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see that there was a light. I just thought that no cars were moving, and yeah. I went, okay, well, I guess I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like a good place for me to yeah, it was make cool. my move. <laughs> That's funny. Clueless Commuter by Nick David. <laughs> <laughs> We're just getting started. We haven't even left my driveway yet. So I was listening on the way down. I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. And uh, from Monday, Monday's podcast was him and Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo. And Eddie Bravo pretty much said the exact same thing that I said about Conor McGregor. <laughs> almost, My, almost exactly the okay, same all right, thing. All right, I'm glad that we're beginning so, this, because uh, I just want to say before, <laughs> I don't have my laptop to shake around. Um, all I was saying is that it's hard to critique the unknown of someone. For instance, I was thinking about it in comedy terms. If I was in a comedy contest with someone who played guitar and sang a funny song at the end and killed, but I killed just as hard, but maybe they liked the guitar act better, the judges did, in the judges' eyes. They, they, you might say, oh, he's, he's got a real lack of guitar comedy, and, but I was like, well, I never intended to do, maybe I can play guitar, and maybe I do have a funny song, but I was intending to do five minutes of stand-up, because I think that best represents me. So I'm saying that Conor McGregor was approaching that fight, especially round one, like a pure striker, boxing, like all those were going in for uh, for the knockout. And I thought that his uh, his jiu-jitsu looked fine in the very brief amount that we saw it in the first oh, round. He got a nice sweep in the first round. I, I, he had I the X-guard. I haven't even seen the X-guard in a while. I uh, don't... Listen, I'm not... But that, that was the only thing. And I was... Wait, wait. We're both, I mean, I was, I fully admit to being just nitpicky about the one aspect, even though I believe it, it only factored into the fight in the sense that a choke, uh, the rear naked choke, uh, is used in jujitsu and it was achieved for full mount. But the jujitsu. Well, if it wasn't for jujitsu, there would be no rear naked choke. That's, right. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. This, this, there would be no right cross if there weren't boxing. Exactly. <laughs> so. So, but I'm saying that it wasn't. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't believe that Conor McGregor got out jujitsued in that fight because it wasn't 
And not to say that he won in jiu-jitsu, I'm just saying that's what, what I meant by it was about 45 seconds of total BJJ in the entire fight between the end of the first round scramble and, well, the end of the fight and the end of the, in the second round. I feel like I've, I've made that more clear this time because that was, uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't have, really have much more to add to it. No. Uh, other than, I, like I said, Eddie Bravo basically said almost verbatim the exact thing that I said. And that's that. And this, this is kind of, actually, he said more than I said because he knows Conor McGregor's jiu-jitsu. He said Conor McGregor has come to his school before and trained with his guys. And he said when Conor McGregor came, he said one time he went to a school, Conor McGregor was hitting a punching bag. He's like, is that Conor McGregor at my school? And he came over, introduced himself, and then asked for all his best guys, which uh, most. I've heard this story. Yeah, right. That's an old. That's an old clip. Um, but he, you know, he reiterated in this in this interview that he is familiar with his jujitsu because he has rolled with him and he's yeah, seen okay. him roll. Uh, having said that, he said Connor's jujitsu is good, which I same thing I said, but. But Nate Diaz's is far superior. It's a whole different animal. He's a black belt. Connor's not a black belt, as far as I know. No, he's I'm not. pretty sure he's somewhere in the purple belt range. Um, which, there are really good purple belts out there. So, But if you compared a guitar act who'd been doing it for 20 years with me, who's only doing it for seven... Nate Diaz has been fighting since he was 21, so there's so much in the public eye, especially in America, that he's demonstrated and demonstrated it well. He continues to demonstrate it. Well, I don't know if he's going to continue teaching classes now that he just went home with $150,000 after 196, but he'll probably still teach classes to give back. $150,000? Well, I mean, he got $100,000 between the performance of the night and fight of the night and oh. then he got oh sorry 500,000 yeah, so yeah. he got 650,000 yeah yeah okay. eh, left out a very important zero there <laughs> he left out three times as much more money <laughs> yeah but I what do you think about I think that we brought it up I don't about him facing Robbie Lawler at 200 but what if he fought Dos Anjos at 200 because uh, yeah, 155 is his natural, so to speak. I mean, it is a big cut weight class. He just beat the featherweight champion. Do, don't you think that would jump him up a little bit in the? And you're waiting on Khabib and Tony Ferguson to sort of duke that out, just as a. Here's uh, here's what I think. Here's how, here's what I here's how I would think if I was the UFC brass. One. No fucking way he's fighting Robbie Lawler. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He's oh, not. He's no. not ready for Robbie Lawler. If I agree here, here's what I here's I think Nate Diaz. They they're they're talking about Nate Diaz possibly getting Robbie Lawler, which makes way more sense than Conor McGregor getting Robbie Lawler. Oh yeah, I wasn't talking about McGregor at all. I was talking about oh. Diaz. Oh okay. Yeah, I think McGregor oh, okay. next is defending the featherweight title. I was oh okay. About all right. I was talking about because Diaz beat McGregor. He should get a shot at RDA. Oh, okay. In the lightweight mm. at 200, I think that could be interesting. 
because I think he has a better chance of beating RDA than he does at beating yeah. Lawler. And he got his ass kicked um, by RDA before. Right. But uh, Yeah, well, there's a lot Lawler, to be no. said for confidence, you know, there's a lot to be said for momentum. Yeah. Um, and to beat a champion and get the next champion. Ladies and gentlemen, for the very first time in the MMA Maniacs podcast, here it is, Paul Landwehr and I Do Snacks. I Do Snacks by Paul Landwehr. 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 Yo! This is the first segment of I Do Snacks by Paul Landwehr. Uh, so yeah, this is, uh, this is pretty exciting. Um, so today, I do snacks. Um, I still live at home with my parents. I am working on that. Um, but I have to admit that, uh, I come home to some great snacks sometimes. Um, today, it is like three o'clock in the afternoon. And my mom made fish for my dad, and my dad isn't feeling well, so I actually have a little bit of haddock that I am munching on at the moment. Um, there's some extra cucumbers. We have olives with tomatoes and onions. Uh, so what I did was I had myself a couple of cucumbers, um, a couple of tomatoes, 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 whatever you guys call them. I call them tomatoes. Uh, and sometimes I call them tomatoes. Doesn't really matter. Either way, they're delicious, so I had some of those. And I don't really like eating onions by myself, or by themselves. I just, like, I'll, I'll eat by myself. I'm saying that I don't like to eat onions by themselves, um, by the, by itself. I don't like onions. So I didn't really just have onions or the olives. I'm not really too into those. Um, and I am still kind of hungry, even though I had a little bit of both of those and still munching on the haddock. I'm, you know, I'm still kind of hungry. I'm a, I'm a snack machine sometimes, you know, so I'm going to make myself a sandwich. So what I do is I grab two, uh, nature's own honey wheat, um, uh, the honey wheat bread and I put it into the toaster and I toast both pieces of bread and then I walk over to the refrigerator and then I grab some yellow mustard. Okay, I get I get everything like I get everything ready while I'm waiting for the toast to pop, uh, for the toast to be done. So I have that, and then I just kind of open up the uh, the cold cuts. We'll see what I have for cold cuts here. The cold cut drawer. I never liked the word cold cuts either. It always it, that grosses me out. Just call it what it is. Like to me, it, it's smoked Virginia ham. That's what it is for me. You know, so I'm gonna have some smoked Virginia ham, um, and then I gotta have like some cheese. I'm a little bit lactose intolerant. I don't know how that happened. I guess I have been my whole life, and I'm just realizing that that's what's causing a lot of my heartburn, but I really don't care. Okay, so we're going to, now we have to get, you gotta have a plate, right? Gotta have a plate. See, I like to use plates because you can wash the plate and you don't need to use extra paper towels. Some people like to use a paper towel. I like to just use a plate because I can clean it nice and easily, save the environment. All right. And now, all of a sudden, we want the... Oh, what was that? That was the toast. So now we got the two slices of bread, and we're going to put that onto the plate. Okay. 
Next, what I do is I open up the mustard. That was the sound of the mustard opening up. And oh, make sure to make sure to uh, to shake the mustard because it just comes out. Some weird wetness just comes out if you don't. So it's okay. You know what? We're it's not over. It's not over. It's actually coming up pretty good right now. That was the sound of the mustard coming out. Just to sh just to prove that this is not just me joking around. I'm actually really about to eat. Pretty excited. So we're about almost four minutes in, and I am already, you know, pretty darn close to getting my munch on. But first, I put the cheese. Okay, gotta get my slice of cheese. Gotta get that going. Okay, got that done. And now I'm gonna grab my ham. I usually like to grab about three slices of ham, depending on how thin the slices are. You know, and then I just kind of fold each one individually. Yeah, let's go with four today. You know, I went on a walk, I exercised. Let's go with four today. Four slices of ham. And then, uh, yeah. See, and then you put the other piece of toast on top of that. And uh, you got yourself a good sandwich. I always like to cut it right down the middle because that way it feels like I have two sandwiches instead of one because uh, I get sad when I'm done eating. Uh, so it's always nice to have something else. I'll probably finish this off all, uh, all, uh, what? I'll probably finish all this off with a big old glass of ice water. So this was the first segment of I Do Snacks by Paul Landwehr. Thank you for listening. Fucking Landwehr, we do snacks too, man. Check this shit out. I know. <laughs> Tell us a little about this snack, Nick. Well, what kind of herbs here's what I'll tell you. Are in there? there are peanuts, roasted in cottonseed oil, pumpkin seeds, carob chips. Oh, carob. I thought it was chocolate, but a carob. You must have ate all those. Raisins. I got one yet. Where's my goddamn carob? Raisins, soybeans, sunflower gotta... seeds. It's quite a little snack mix here. It's pretty, pretty delish. Seedless watermelon seeds. <laughs> That's just the air around it. There is a lot of that in here. <laughs> oh, Nick, you gave me a uh, We Do Snacks tip earlier with when making uh, egg... No. Yeah, English muffin. I was said Egg McMuffin. When you're making Egg McMuffin pizza, that's a whole ah. other snack idea. When you're making English muffin pizza, toast the English muffin in advance. That's the and move. And then add your sauce, your cheese, your vegan cheese, your... Vegan pepperoni, whatever you want to put on top. That's the move. If you like it, Craig, I like crispy. I'm not a big fan of soggy English muffins. Soggy English muffins not very good. So, yep. I have lots of fat guy tips like that. I know. I have a. Uh, I my my snackumen is high. <laughs> I made my own um, in a inadvertent party mix because friend of the show, hilarious comedian John Paul Rivera, usually yeah. is, a, is a good guest. Shout out to over. John Paul. What's up, John Paul? Ten dollar shout out to John Paul. I'll pay for this. <laughs> I will pay for this. John Paul told me. Oh, well, he always brings over bags of snacks, and somehow, because of all the snacking, we don't finish them. So they stay here, and I've just com combined like the last three bags into one end of chip bag 
trail mix. Just telling you what I'm doing with your food that you bring over, John Paul. I'm having Is it it's it. chips? They're different kinds of chips. They're like barbecue chips. <laughs> and then you mix them all in one bag. That's yeah, yeah. Well, because <laughs> one of the kinds of chips that's in there is a Humpty Dumpty all loaded up or whatever the fuck it's called. Oh, yeah. It's got everything in it. Loaded. Yeah. And so I just put those in with some other barbecue. So it's all one big stew. You want to know the weirdest thing, man? I Yes, I it do. Sounded so, it sounded yes, so... Yes, I do. <laughs> well, what is the weirdest, the weirdest yeah, thing? Uh, not going to meet that. It's not going to meet that expectations at all. <laughs> Certainly not now. <laughs> um, I told... The fucking ketchup ones are really good. Oh, ketchup chips, yeah. I thought... I got them as a gag just to go, this is going to be disgusting. It doesn't taste like ketchup. It's like a really sweet... Like a really super sweet barbecue sauce, almost. And I have a snack that we 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 could try live on the air. Potato, oh. the original Irish crisp. You never know. I do snacks might branch off into its own podcast. Maybe a be an entire podcast yeah. talking about snacks. I do snacks with Nick and Matt. And of asterisk, course, a- asterisk, and of course, Paul <laughs> I have some more snacks in there. Oh, I have thanks. some. Uh, I've got. I'm all the, snacked out. We. I delayed our trip by like 15 minutes because I had to finish my big bowl of vegan mac and cheese. Vegan cheese. I am all tuckered out from that. Ooh. And then I had a cookie for dessert. Mmm. Thank you, Josh Day. Those are delicious cookies. Um. If Josh Day is listening, hey man, why don't you call me? What's up? <laughs> Quit texting me all the time. He doesn't answer his phone. Do you have that same problem? I don't know. I mean, he he texts me a lot. And I feel like I've gone through this so many times. Not just with him, with people. I'll be like, uh, listen, I think we should just talk something over over the phone because it makes things easier than going back and forth with texts. Mm. For me, sometimes. I'll be slow. I've got a big fat fingers and thumbs. I'm constantly tripping over them. Although I do have a new iPhone 6, so I... I have... Uh, oh, you just got it? Yeah, I just got it this week. Oh. So I do have a little bit better typing abilities because it guesses words better than the other one. Uh-huh. I flat out refused to text for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And I would get... Because it cost me 10 cents every time somebody would do it. And you mm-hmm. don't have a choice if somebody yeah. texts you. I did that How to my... Fuck is that? How the fuck is that? How am I getting charged? I didn't choose for this motherfucker to text I me. I did that to my friend. So I... his balls all the time. I would send him one paragraph long text, word by word, separate text. And they were just like, hey, is it true? It cost 10 cents per text. Oh my god, I he would, would He would get mad you. because he would be at work, so he can't even like, call <laughs> me up and call like, you and bitch you out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would be so pissed at you. <laughs> like, this I is literally I literally had yelling matches with friends of mine. <laughs> you fucking stop fucking texting me, dude. I don't do that shit. Just fucking call me on the phone like a normal human being. <laughs> I used to just lose my mind and now I'm right in it with everybody else. <laughs> I text as much as every fucking 13-year-old girl on the planet. So I know. Uh, I take public transportation. I see it sometimes when you when there's one person reading a book or a magazine, it's almost jarring. <laughs> You're like, wait, what are you doing? Have I Is traveled back in to, time? Do you need a charger? <laughs> you need a charger for that book? Yeah. <laughs> Your phone must be dead. Do you want to use mine? 
Do you remember? Oh, nobody remembers it. It was number. You you remember a, bunch, a few phone numbers, right? I think I asked you this. Before. I remember my. Uh, but do you remember current numbers? I know my wife's number. Yeah. Okay. I know my wife's number. I know. But that was in your vows. I know my so uncle George's phone number, which he's had, I think, my entire life. Yeah. Um, Let's prove it right now. I know my childhood best friend's number. Current which number? Is his well, it's his mother's number oh, now because okay. he's lives on his own, but uh, his mother still lives in the same house. Um, That's and a cracker. I, and I remember my, I remember my childhood phone number, which was five zero three six seven three seven five four three. That was my What's childhood five zero three. Well, it was all of Oregon, and some somewhere around twenty years ago, they took five zero three and they made it just Portland, and then they made the rest of Oregon five four one. Wow. So uh, it's not even in the that if you call that number, it doesn't go to the town that I lived in, Roseburg, Oregon anymore. It goes to Portland, Oregon. So somebody in Portland, Oregon owns that phone number. Let's call them up and give them the Chris Lieben book. You've just right. won. You just won. Chris won. Lieben, by the way, this week it came out. Bellator had resigned him. Yeah, I saw that. That's but, a bummer. Yeah, he's, uh, he has a he has a heart condition. That's that's a that's a bum deal. Did you read much of the article? Because I just saw the I just read the headline. No, I I, I got the headline as well. I, I, I didn't read into it. But it's too bad, but it might be better off. I mean, after reading the book, he's taken some hard knocks. And, uh, I mean, I've, I've, it's nice to have a a good paycheck, but I hope that maybe Bellator can find some other role for him. Maybe as a commentator. And, uh, Something, but it's, it's too bad. But he, he has he hasn't fought for uh, since 2010. Yeah, I mean he's taken some he's taken some lumps, man. That 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 first fight against uh, against uh, Anderson Silva. Yeah, that was Anderson Silva's Anderson debut. debut fight, man. God, that he was just getting banked on. He was getting banked on. Your head can't take too much of that. Yeah. Well, I uh, I'm glad they found it. I'm Absolutely. I'm, I'm uh, it's uh, it's a bummer that it's there, but it's fortunate that they found it before before the fight. Yeah. Which probably wouldn't affect him. That guy is fucking tough as nails. Yeah. He'd probably cut off all his limbs, and he'd still fucking get in the ring and put up a good fight. That guy is the just book, a, The book is recommended, though. If you, if you don't want to write a review, you just go out and get it on your own. Or if you've read it, it's very... He's had some brushes with death in his life. And, uh, close calls with the law. Speaking of that, the, the, we're on the way to CES, and the uh, one half of the main events... Uh, had previously missed time. He went about two years between fighting. Was about to make his debut again. Got arrested at the arena. Is that? Oh no, Andre. Yeah. So, but they're going. He's going up against. I can't pronounce his last name very well. Nordby. No, no. He's going against Nordby. Andre. Oh. Whatever. 
Well, no, because you said he's going against, and I can't pronounce his name oh, very no, well, no, so no. it sounded like you were saying you couldn't oh, pronounce Oh, no, Nordby. I can pronounce Nordby. Every like, time. That's not a very difficult Every time. one, Ona. It's only two syllables, Nordby. Nordby. Nordby? Right? <laughs> Nordby, you could say that, but probably not. You just kept you keep trying to put extra syllables in there. Yeah. Nuridby? Nuridby? I'm at... Nuridby. 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 I'm extra intrigued because uh, my friend Rob Sullivan, who's a fighter out of Baltimore, has fought for CES before, and I was telling him I'm on the way to the oh fight tonight. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got gotcha, you, everybody. Everybody. Got gotcha, you. All of us. Yep, gotcha, all of you. Thanks, thanks everybody. Oh, Thank you. Gosh. Thanks everyone. Thanks everybody now. That's our will never. All right. <laughs> wow. Good lord. We're broadcasting we live <laughs> from '95 and '93's four-lane split. Yeah, I just covered four four lanes of traffic to get onto '95 South right there. <laughs> This, this is the weirdest uh, highway connection ever. Yeah. Because if you don't get off the highway, you just double back up. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you like, know? A, it's like an anchor or something. It's a total... I, 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 I have to imagine thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have totally... I, I, I know I've done it. That's why there's no comedy industry here. It's too hard to get around. No, it's probably been It's just weird. 93... If unless you get off of 93, just turns into 95 North. Yeah. 93 South just suddenly turns into 95 North. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, vice versa. So if <laughs> the first time I ever got lost driving on my own, I was driving home from Boston and I got from Route 1 to 128 North, and I was confused because I, for a large stretch of where the highway goes through where I grew up. 95 and 128 are the same right, road. Right, yeah. So in my head, I just think, oh, it's got two names. So I take 128 North thinking it will take me home, even though <laughs> my exit is off of 90. <laughs> I went to Gloucester. Not only that, I drove un until I see a sign that says, 128 ends, begin 129. And I'm like, what the fuck is 129? Is there a Route 96? Somewhere? Is that what happens when 95 ends? What is 129? I felt like it was in a Stephen King novel where everything is slightly different. Strange universe. Barely made it home that night and ran out of gas in my driveway. So, when I cut it close, I, I cut it close in style. That is the very best place you can run out of gas, other than a gas station. Gas station is nice. Yeah, yeah. Gas station is probably the number one place to run out of gas. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, second best place, your own driveway. Yeah. At least your home, you can go inside. Yeah, and I just said, fuck it. I think I, I was still in high school, and I said, I don't think we're going to school tomorrow. I don't have gas anyway. <laughs> Mom, you got to go take me to the gas station first. My, what we thought, uh, my wife called me yesterday. Was yesterday or the day before? It was the, the day, day before. before thought she had run out of gas uh, so I went to the gas station I got a I got a big five gallon one I filled it up and then I went and poured it all in her tank and nothing nothing no turnover we were there for like two hours waiting in the car for the tow truck to come yeah. it was a suck <laughs> oh, yeah. 
a suck and a half, but... Oh, so the gas did no good in the car? No, the gas, it wasn't out of gas. It was, uh, it was, there was something else. Something else, but... The good news is when when it does get fixed, she'll have plenty of gas. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that is true. I remember, and and I'm, I'm still bitter about it, when my car died, I went several years with having no car, but when my car died before that, which was in the summer of 2005... What kind of car was it? Uh, Chevy Cavalier. Oh, all right. My Chevy Cavalier died off of 95 at a car dealership because I just pulled Your it up. Your parents really wanted to make sure you didn't get laid. <laughs> uh, Chevy Cavalier died. Yeah, it didn't get laid in it. That's for sure. It it died with a full tank of gas, and I was so pissed. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. That is the worst. I've had that happen to me twice. Just filled it up. That's so painful. Forty dollars or thirty dollars, yeah, like, whatever you uh, just set on fire. Yeah, can I sell this to someone to siphon? Who wants to siphon my gas? I've siphoned it. Yeah, I've siphoned it before. <laughs> but I, w- I would have had to travel back to the tow area, oh, yeah. siphon it for my future next car. <laughs> Give it to people. No, when I was young and broke, I had a car broke down. I had it towed to my mechanic, and he's like, "There's not." This thing isn't gonna. This thing isn't happening. So I got out a hose and siphoned out all the gas, put it in the new car. Uh-huh. Nice. Roll bars. Bring, bring some in. I got right down there. I got. Uh, I got some. Uh, what do you call it? You got some whatchamacallits? No, I the wish candy I had. Bar? I wish I had whatchamacallits. Those are my favorite. That would be great. Well, if I you love get, whatchamacallits. You should keep that in your car. And all, I know they're probably like hard to find, but you should get them. I got a just because uh, I, you know, I got some crackers, I, I got some uh, what you call, call it, and people would be like, yeah. And I'd be sick of the name. Uh, you're rebooting it. Inception, John Paul. Inception. 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 <laughs> uh, I felt so dim after that. <laughs> you oh. should have just inserted you going. Oh, you know what? It was Inception. And then cut out the part in the middle. Just put, just, just overdubbed it? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's clearly you in a different place. <laughs> right. I know, Matt. It's Inception. I thought of it on the first try. <laughs> and then you can record my voice going, You were So right. have you seen Inception? Uh, I saw it. Uh, I think it, it, one of those things where late at night so I'm gonna relax get my mind right and watch and then I fell asleep and then I woke up a few times and which was extra confusing because isn't that like a central part of the movie you can't tell if he's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah falling asleep and waking up at different it's a confusing movie without that so <laughs> so adding that I've heard component. nothing but good things I'm interested I'm interested if someone to, wants to, to grab, a, again. grab a few cups of coffee and see it with me Make sure everybody stays awake. How about this? If you leave... Nature Box. That's what I have in there. I have some oh, Nature Box snacks. Gotcha. I have uh, I have some Sriracha cashews. Ah, yeah. And I love Sriracha some... and I love cashews. So. Oh, Sriracha cashews are the. But shit. you know what? I would I, and I I would never you ever have cashew milk. It's way uh, better without I'm... Sriracha. <laughs> don't put it like Don't put it in like you're making chocolate milk. Well, it depends on what you're making. If you're making yeah. some sort of uh, Asian dish, then. You know, they do, like they do coconut milk and... Ah, yeah, that's true. I love almond milk. I've actually not had cashew milk, but I'm not against it. 
Are you no dairy again? Are you in no dairy mode? I do not really like... Okay, so I'm not a full vegan. I, I will eat regular cheese, but I, my shopping is all vegan. And I just prefer things vegan better than some other things anyway. For instance, margarine and stuff. I like it better than regular butter. And the same thing with soy and almond milk. I like it better than regular milk, cow's milk. I found uh, I found I like a sour cheese. cream that is oh, yeah. totally legit. It's as good as any sour cream I've ever had. Yeah. See, but the problem is I was never a big sour cream fan. Oh, I time. love sour cream. I did. I've had the vegan sour cream more than I've had regular sour cream. I think. And I found a safflower mayonnaise that was really good too. Yeah, actually, that's the other thing that I like. Uh, there's lots of different like a kinds. Big orange flower on it. Yeah, I'm not sure if I. But there's there's one that I really like, so I would use that more than regular mayonnaise. Anyway. But I can't. You can't. You can't be cheese. <laughs> that's the. That's the. When I. I did yeah, three but months. That, but there's so I many did. different kinds of cheese anyway that I didn't like. I liked pretty much American cheese, mozzarella cheese, spring cheese. Maybe I'm just like a picky eater that became a vegan. So oh, maybe like an extra picky. You can make it extra super picky. <laughs> yeah, but but there's also a, I I think there's some really good vegan cheeses. But that being said, the reason that I'm not a full vegan anymore is because I've eaten cheese pizza, and people love uh, cheese pizza. And sometimes they love to pay comedians in it, so I eat that. So, <laughs> so I demand to be paid, so I eat that. And whatever, sometimes it's a cheap, easy thing. But I'm not. Uh, going out of my way to get like I still make vegan pizza that's pretty good oh yeah on my own I don't know I tried several of the dias and I tried uh dia they fucked with the recipe a little bit I actually prefer it as it was before the current um, I've, I've tried a few different few few different types of vegan cheese and I just could never find one that was that didn't remind me of some kind of uh, dystopian future where <laughs> where your food comes out of some machine and it's like pop slice of cheese and pop yeah. slice of fake meat and pop <laughs> yeah. yeah I feel like, like the people a, that have a pro- most people that have a problem with vegetarian vegan lifestyles are they're just the ones that demand answers when they're like what's in that I don't know man there's fucking million ingredients yeah, what's it made of? Who cares? It's not. I know what it's not made of. That's what's important. You're like, yeah, but there could be spices to make it taste like different. Dude, there's a place in Nashua called Vietnam Noodle House, and they have faux beef and faux chicken there. And the faux beef, oh, yeah? the faux beef is so close to. I, I know there's a there's a there's two. I'm sure there's more than two trains of thought when it comes to being a vegan, but like in Concord, in Concord, New Hampshire, there were two vegan, now there's no vegan restaurants, but there were two at one point, but they were totally different vegan restaurants. One made uh, like, uh, you know, fake beef and fake, and the other one made food that was, didn't represent any type of meat stuff. 
so it was you know they were they were very uh, they just wanted to create good food that didn't have anything to do with meat at all so and I used to eat at both of them they were both both good stuff depending on what you're in for, right? Yeah, well, the one... So, the one place... Uh, there was two places. One was called Rasa's, and one was called... Um, I can't remember that. It's funny, because they went to the second one way more. Yeah. I can't think of the name of that one. Um, they still sell... They made a, they made a really famous uh, vegan carrot cake that they sell all over the country... But they've gone out of their restaurant has gone under, but they still make this really good carrot cake that they sell in stores. I mean, it's the best carrot cake I've ever had. It's wow, I love carrot cake. I'm interested. It's vegan carrot cake, and it's fucking outstanding. It's so good. Uh, but they used to do a brunch on Sunday there, and it was you know they would have you would get one uh, you could order a meal. Uh, there's a whole, there's a, a meal thing you could order, and then there was a whole buffet you could get as well. So you could order this meal. We used to always get the Rachel, which is like seitan with, uh, uh, you know, it's based off of a regular Rachel, which is like a... Which is a very popular haircut in the 90s. <laughs> from Jennifer <laughs> Aniston. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It's tofu bacon shaped like a. Uh, it's combed over on one side in a sassy manner with a cup of Central Perk. Central Perk. <laughs> My Tato. I almost smashed into the car in front of me because I was worried about crushing your tatoes. Don't crush my tatoes. <laughs> you can crush it. You can crush the car. Just don't crush the tatoes. Yeah, it's just a minivan full of fucking kids on the way to soccer practice. <laughs> no skin off my shin guards. I wear shin guards when I play softball. Because I've been bashed back with comebackers. Oh, yeah. When does is, when is, uh, softball season start? Late May. Late May. Hmm. BostonComedySoftball.com Maybe I'll come down and hang out. It's fun. I mean, it's a little late, but if you're coming to drive around or do Uber, it's... Uh, Maybe it's worth it for you, especially like a nice summer night. It's cool just see it's just a bunch of comedians. People do come to hang out and watch, but there's two games. They're an hour long each. One at nine, one at ten. Uh-huh. And, uh, nine yeah. and ten at night? Yeah, it's like the only time they can get the fields open. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. They shut down at 11. Can you hand me the snacks that are in there? But it feels box. like a good time. I don't know. There's a bunch of good little eateries in this place, too. There's casino. At the casino, where El Taco Bell is yeah. my true love. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I didn't, we didn't, I didn't walk around with you last time. We went straight to the the room. But yeah, we can, we can walk around. Yeah, I think we'll be there early we'll enough have, to... We'll probably have a lot of time. Because there's... Prelims aren't even until 7, right? Are those sriracha cashews making them? Oh, is that the other bag? Ah. Oh my goodness. That's right. Help yourself to any other stuff, man. So they send you different shit every month? 
You can pick whatever you want. <coughs> They've got like, you know, 150 or something different snacks as usual. And this other thing called uh, Big Pineapple, which is like, um, like dried pineapple rings, but they're like, uh, they're like roasted and dried, so they're like, they're like candied. Oh wow. Oh, they're so fucking good. Big Pineapple. I do you know, fucking snacks, Landwehr. I do fucking snacks. I've been doing snacks since I left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my weirdest experience with sriracha was... <laughs> <laughs> I like that sentence. You can just stop there. It's a lot of build-up, <laughs> but I think it stands up. Was using it as a condiment while eating snacks inside a former Nazi bunker while playing Super Nintendo and an Indian wedding was going on down the hall. Sounds pretty weird, right? And we took the bottle with us the rest of the tour. And every time we ate it, we're like, Nazi cock sauce. Nazi cock sauce. What in the fuck? Is it called Sriracha cock sauce? Because it is a rooster on the front of it. So, Nazi cock sauce, yeah. So, they just repurposed old Nazi, giant old Nazi bunkers for community use. It's this one huge hall for wedding. There's this massive Indian family wedding, probably arranged. Huge wedding. And then they had like a punk rock venue, all these artist spaces, and living quarters for people that bands that stayed there. We didn't stay there. We just played. Actually, we did stay there. We did stay there. I slept in a Nazi bunker, and then we took their cock sauce. <laughs> we liberated their cock sauce. Sounds like a David... Uh... Strangest Sriracha experience to date. <laughs> that dude's name that didn't uh, direct Naked Lunch, I can't remember his name. David, uh... No. Wait, who? Directed Naked Lunch. Oh. David, uh... Cronenberg. David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg. Sounds like a David Cronenberg movie. That was a a reference I was trying to go for. No Dennis Miller. (laughs) Yeah, babe. He was so good. I wonder who David... I I who Dennis Miller is endorsing, because he's a Republican now, but... He was so good back in the day because he would get me to laugh. At, I had no idea what the oh, fuck dude, he was talking about. Oh, dude, I didn't know what he was talking about either. And I would just laugh because his delivery was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very confident. Smart Yeah, he's gone off the fucking cuckoo yeah, end. He's gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, but he does... Uh, um, it, there's just straight-up interviews on his website, and he talks to a lot of interesting people. So, regard, and those are mostly free of politics speak and opinion. But uh, I, I, went through, I went through a kick where I, I listened to a bunch of them because I love hearing from old Saturday Night Live guys. Yeah, yeah. And he interviewed a lot of them that don't do the regular podcast circuit too much. I went and saw him maybe, I don't know, four or five years ago. It was, it was whatever. It was all right. Where was that? Uh, Hampton Beach Casino. It was like, he was right in the middle of uh, saying a bunch of political stuff, so it was 
a lot of his set was political. Oh, yeah. How did the, uh, were you there for the political show, Jim, Jim McHugh? Runs for president, or or Jimmy Tingle? Or I went to Tingles. Did they both do it? I went to Tingles. Yeah. Uh, he called me up the day before and said, "Hey, uh, you want to come out to the show? Bring bring as many fans as you want." And I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, that doesn't sound that's not good. a good sign. That's not a good sign. Um, so I, my wife and I went on a Saturday night, and it was there was six people oh, there no. was six people other than us there was eight people in Togo and one woman fell asleep <laughs> and where what God kind of love venue him. is this it was at the Radisson it was just one of their meeting rooms in okay. the Radisson uh, and he set it up you know he set up a little stage and a podium and a, you know he had his little logo tingle for president and uh, 146 South I think this is the one we missed the first time. Oh, okay. It was on this highway. Right about now in the podcast, we are going to take a listen to the Charles Rosa interview. Here we go. All right. MMAniacs here. We are uh, Matt Kona and Nick David here with UFC standout Charles Rosa. How's it going, my man? Great, man. Just flew in yesterday from uh, from Florida. Just got back from American Top Team. You know, it was kind of just in the middle of training. Uh, haven't got a fight scheduled yet, but, you know, still training the same, training hard. Came up here to uh, back to CES, you know, one of the hosts that I helped build that helped me get to the UFC. Yeah, yeah. Here to support uh, my buddy, heavyweight Chaz Morgan, uh, teammate, so... Excited to be here. All right. Is he out of ATT or is he from up here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's originally from Louisiana, but he's done a couple camps down the American Top Team, and you know he stayed at my place a couple times, and I've gotten to know him, and uh, you know he's a great kid, so it's cool to see him come back here, and uh, you know he, he wanted me here because he knows this is my home crowd and stuff like that, and him yeah. coming from out of town, it's always good to have someone in your corner that's you know familiar faces for the people around. So yeah, that's great. Well, that's great that you would make the trip up here to. to Come be a bro and, you know. Yeah, for sure, man. Do, you the, know. do the cool thing, you know. Yeah, it was cool. And I got to see my little brothers, too. You know, they uh, they go to school up here at Wheaton College. Uh, so, you know, I got to, you know, see their school finally and stuff like that. So, you know, I killed two birds with one stone. So I was happy to come down here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm actually good friends with your uncle. Jimmy Bavaro is a, is a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim Bavaro? Jim Bavaro? Jim and Kim Bavaro? No, he's not my uncle, huh? but I don't know who that is. <laughs> he says he's your uncle. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he says he's my uncle, but I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't even know who he is. <laughs> I... <laughs> great. <laughs> great. Great question. I, I, I'll, make sure not to, I'll make sure not to have him hear that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Anytime you have a question. Do you have a really large family? Yeah, I have a lot of... I, I have on each side of my family, my mom and dad each have eight brothers and sisters, so... You know, my mom's side is Irish, my dad's side Italian, so, you know, I got a lot of aunts and uncles, so, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's, Well, Bavaro, he's yeah. Italian. <laughs> Good dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I think he, it might be like, um, now I have to ask him so I can tell yeah. you later how you're related. Yeah, maybe he's a but friend he's, of the family, you know, I got a, a lot of people around. No, it might be like a cousin or something, like a, yeah. like a cousin of a cousin or something. Now, with your culinary backgrounds and how you prepare for meals, do you end up helping a lot of people out in your camp or in your teams? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the, one nutrition? of the things I actually do a lot. One of my buddies actually, he's living in the new fighter dorms at American Top Team. Uh, Walt Harris, he's a heavyweight. 
So he's over at the gym and like, you know, pretty much once a week I'll take him shopping, you know, help prepare all his meals. Like I'll marinate the chicken for him and, you know, make the quinoa and make the rice and stuff so it's all ready to go. You know, I mean, I don't do it for everybody, but I'll give people tips. Like almost every day someone comes up to me in the gym and is like, ask me a question about certain things. And you'd be surprised how little a lot of, you know, even high level UFC fighters know about nutrition and stuff like that. I think that's one of the biggest things missing, especially with like all the, you know, issues with the dehydration and the weight cutting and no yeah. IV bands and stuff like that. Like I think nutrition is a huge, a huge factor. And I think something that the UFC or just, you know, MMA in general should educate people more on, but you know, that's, that's up to them. But I'm, I'm happy that I was able to go, actually got to go to school right here at Johnson of Wales, right down the street. Johnson Wales University is a culinary oh, right school. Yeah, yeah, I graduated oh. from there with a culinary degree, so it helped me a lot later with my fighting career. Uh, so it helped a lot. Do you have do you have a fight on the books? Do you have anything scheduled? No, they haven't contacted me yet. I mean, I'm just you know I fought about a little over a month ago. Yeah, you know, we I were fought, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I defeated Kyle Boschniak, so we it was him, a great we fight. We literally saw him two weeks before fought here. Yeah, yeah that's what they so said. We saw him fight here, and then we were at the, we were there, and we're like, holy shit! Yeah, the kid's back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> He's he was here a, again. He was like, that's. Yeah, he was the third opponent that they picked that week. Um, I was yeah. originally slated to fight Jimmy Hedis, and then they a week before the fight, they told me I was fighting Augusto Mendez, uh, Brazilian world champion jiu-jitsu. I accepted that fight. I was just, you know, I told them. And then three days before the fight, they said that Augusto Mendez got injured, which I thought was kind of fishy, but it's yeah. what it was. And uh, Nobody you know, wanted the, any Charles Rose. Yeah, nobody wanted day. any of this. But, you know, <laughs> a tough kid from Southie can always rely on a tough kid from Boston, this area, all yeah, tough yeah. kids to step up. And I'm happy he did because, you know, I had a lot of people coming, and it was really cool to see him get his shot, too, at the UFC. Yeah. I mean, that's how I made my shot. I made my shot on, uh, you know, on five days' notice against top ten Dennis Seaver. So, you know, it was his turn to shine, and, uh, you know, I think he did well. But, you know, I was a little heat at the weigh-in. There was a little yeah. heat at the weigh-in. How much of that was? Is that real heat? No, it was real, man. I mean, I don't know the kid. You know, I didn't yeah. know him until five days just, before the fight, and uh, you know, I mean, I was kind of doing him a favor. Except for the fight, they, the UFC told me they were going to pay me whether I fought him or not. I was going to get paid, right? So I fought him for free, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, I was trying to get the bonus, but <laughs> that was also in the back of my mind. But yeah, I mean, but once uh, you know he, he got in my face, then then it became personal, and yeah, I was yeah. really ready to put it on him. And you know, I. You know, I, I mean, I put some good damage on him. You know, I, I think I broke his nose and his leg was pretty screwed up. But he's a tough kid. He was able to weather the storm, and you know, I ended up getting the decision. Yeah, it was a good fight. It was yeah, a good fight. Tough kid. Yeah, but you mentioned going for the bonus after you had the uh, fight of the night, uh, UFC 188. Yeah. Uh, how how does that affect how you're? I mean, I know that you got booked for Boston anyway, but yep. I mean, are you? I mean, it, it's a great feeling, and it was a tough contest. But, yeah. but, but I mean, are you do you think that the UFC books you faster after that, or what's the process? Yeah, for I like think the fighter? UFC. I mean, I mean, I, I think that just comes to consideration is kind of giving you good, you know, matchups and people that they want to see you fight. I mean, if you're an exciting fighter, they're gonna put you on big shows. Like my last, the fight in Mexico, I fought on pay per view, you know, against Yair Rodriguez in front of a sold out crowd of like 25, 30,000 people in Mexico City. So, That's I mean, that crazy. was only my third UFC fight, and my record at the time in the UFC was only one and one when I went into that fight. So, what was the biggest crowd you'd fought more before that? Yeah, the biggest. Well, that's when I fought in Boston. I fought. I defeated Sean Soriano. Was twenty, I think, uh, seventeen thousand. So, oh, so you you've been in yeah. front of a big audience. Yeah, like yeah. That before, before that, but yeah, that yeah. was that was even insane because 
usually it's people cheering my name, but when I walked out in Mexico, man, they were throwing cerveza, they were throwing beers at me. Oh, they were, really? Yeah, it was pretty serious. Like, when I was under the bleachers, I heard them yelling, like, they were yelling, hey, puto, gringo, you know, and I <laughs> saw someone try to pour, they poured a beer on me, but I got out of the way of it. That was when I was walking out, so that really got me, like, extra heated. But, uh, you know, I went in, I left it all in the cage. I'll have uh, to go back to Fight Pass yeah. and watch that, watch yeah. the walkout again, see if I can see yeah. it. Did you see it on the walkout? I don't think they show it because uh. it shows me walking out, but it was when I was waiting to walk out. So, like, I was pacing back and forth. And then once, uh, yeah, it was, it got me extra heated. <laughs> That's such now, a shitty thing. How, how different is, uh, I mean, I know just the, the elevation level is so high in, in Mexico yeah. City. Did you, did you take that into effect? Training? How how early yeah, did you get I mean, out there? All I really did is I I just ran a little bit more than I usually do. I mean, I didn't do too much different. Uh, I just went for a lot of extra runs. I kind of wish I did because I'm not gonna say I felt it like when I was in the fight or fighting or even when I was in Mexico City. But when I watched the fight, I look at myself and I saw like my face and how tired I was, and that's one of my best things is my cardio. One of the things I pride myself on. And I looked like I lost a step. You know, I won the. I mean, I thought, I mean, I definitely won the third round. I dominated the third round, and I thought I won the first round, but ended up losing the split. But, um, you know, it was, it was a close fight. But, you know, I won the third round. But I look at myself, and I feel like maybe if there was an elevation, I would have had that extra inch to finish him. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, I don't make excuses. I just went back and yeah. went back to training the next day. So. You see, you seem to be, you just seem to be not as winded as, uh, as some of the other people that were on that card. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like some other people on that card really got winded. Yeah. They, they didn't, they didn't deal with the elevation well. Yeah, maybe that's why I was able to get fight of the night, you know, is be able to pull it off is cause I just pushed at the end. I was on top punching him. It, I mean, it's tough. In both my losses in my career to Dennis Seaver and to Yair Rodriguez, both decision, you know, losses, Yair, split decision. I finished the fight on both guys, you know, punching him in the face. So it's hard. I don't. I don't feel as a fighter like I've ever been defeated. Like I don't feel like anyone's ever beat me. Right, you can right. say the judges said I lost, but I don't feel defeated. I feel like if you get knocked out, submitted, or like just completely dominated, then you feel like your will's been taken and feel defeated. But just because the three judges said I lost, and you know I'm on top of you, have to pick a winner. At yeah. the end, you have to. Yeah, somebody has like, to win. Somebody has to lose. I mean, in my mind, I go into the fights with a gladiator mentality. I'm like, only one of us is coming out of the cage, and I truly believe in my heart. If those fights went longer, I would have been the one walking out of the cage alive. So. I know that's not the reality of it, but that's that's how I think, and maybe that's what you know mentally keeps me strong to get to the next fight. Well, I think you're a great fighter, man. I, I really can't wait to see your next fight. Thanks, man. I appreciate thank it. Thank you for taking time and coming thank over you. and talking with us. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having awesome. me on the yeah. show. I'll tell you, there used to be two really good uh, mean for music musical stores. instruments. Yeah, yeah. One I think is still there Daddy's. called called what. Daddy's junkie music. Daddy's shut down. Yeah, no, I, but you said used to. Oh, no, I don't think there was a Daddy's there, no. The one was called Retro Music, yeah. and the other one was like this little hole in the wall, but it had all kinds of cool used stuff. I almost, uh, other than like, other than like PA stuff, microphones, stands, cables, PA equipment, I I don't I'm not interested in buying anything new musically. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. Other than those things, I'd much rather. Like I just bought a really fucking cool a 1960-something Guild Thunder amp. I have a bunch of cool old amps. Nice. A bunch of cool old mics. And there's a distinct sound difference. Um, for the mics, 
Yeah, uh, the, yeah, different mics have really, really different properties. Uh, and finding the right microphone to pair with the right amp for harmonica is a real, a real task. I am not on the ball with these fucking exits today, dude. <laughs> I am not doing well. I've missed, I think, almost every exit. And I'm not, like, <laughs> reminding you because no. it's going directly into your ear. So I don't know what we're doing. I'm just like, oh, oh. I, I, I don't know if I'm not paying attention or what. I guess I'm not paying attention. It's sunny. Yeah, man, I'm just not paying attention because it's, it's, it just said, Take a look. it's telling me the fucking directions right in my ear. Maybe I need to turn yeah. it up. I mean, we're here now. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. The trick is just to... As long as we get lost on the way back. That's the yeah. You waited for the green light. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Maniacs podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlinkhooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com.